0: Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Jessica Deeks. Jessica is a commercial and editorial photographer based in Ottawa, Canada. She has worked with clients such as Reader's Digest, The Washington Post, and Mac Cosmetics, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Jessica about her experience photographing Prime Minister Justin Trudeau from McLean's Magazine. And I also speak to Jessica about her ongoing personal project, documenting a girls rock camp in Canada. Jessica is an extremely motivated photographer, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her about her work. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right. Well, uh, Jessica Deeks, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks for having me on, man. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, definitely. I found your work on Instagram, and I uh, was excited to talk to you. You got a lot of cool work up there. Um, but I guess just to kind of start off, I was kind of curious, like, um, how you kind of got into photography initially.
2: Uh,
1: right. So... It was, you know, like a lot of people when I was in high school. um, We actually bought my dad a camera for his birthday that he wanted. It was just a little Canon PowerShot 875, if anyone remembers that guy. Just a little point-and-shoot camera. And, you know, it had manual and macro and all this stuff, and and he wanted it, but I ended up kind of taking it over. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people might have the same story, and this was like at the beginning of digital technology, especially for consumers, and um I kind of fell in love with it just you know honestly I love asking people like what was the first like dopamine rush you got from like taking picture?" for me funny enough it was just using macro mode on like dewy flowers (laughs) which is so the opposite of what I shoot now um being a portrait photographer but uh yeah that's what kind of got me like oh man this is like this is really cool that like instant gratification I think if we're being honest was like a big uh draw into digital photography for a lot of people and for me it was so from there um I really got interested in it ended up taking a whole lot of pictures with it um experimenting with shutter speeds and playing with flashlights in a darkened room in my parents laundry room and like doing crazy stuff really pushing the camera to its limits but um my high school actually had um a photography program as well um so in like grade you know, ten, eleven, twelve. I took those courses, and the photography teacher there, Mr. Kluczyk, was actually a photographer outside of um, teaching as well, um, just on the side. And he was like a young guy, and he like he was really you know cool and hip, and everybody yeah. like dug that he was doing other stuff. Like he shot. Uh, he actually did an editorial shot of uh, Ice Cube, the rapper for a oh, wow. uh, local magazine. And yeah, he was doing cool stuff and he shot weddings and stuff too. Yep. So he was really encouraging and like he got strobes for the class and I played with those and we did the whole darkroom thing. Really fell in love with the whole process and having somebody that was Actually, a working photographer outside of teaching
2: yeah. um,
1: to like talk about that stuff was really great. So, after high school, um, I got into the Algonquin photography program here in Ottawa, which is a fantastic photography school, um, two year program. And um, a couple things happened around there, actually. So, I did assist Mr. Puchet, um, in that summer in between on some weddings quickly realized I didn't really want to shoot weddings. It was still a great experience.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I also at the end of high school started emailing, um, local papers, just wondering, like, I, you know, just got my first real DSLR, my first Nikon D 80, um, you know, terrible ISO and like all this stuff crop sensor, but you know, I was super excited to use it. Yep. And uh, a newspaper actually said, you know, yeah, we could we could use some freelance work. So I became a very regular freelance photographer for them um, over so that you, summer. And for, so you were
0: kind of doing that. So to go back a little bit, like you're kind of in high school, and then you kind of were going to school for photography. And then while you're kind of mm-hmm. going to school, you're kind of freelancing for the newspaper at the same time.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's, so that's um, cool. it was really interesting because I had no idea what I wanted to shoot back then.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wanted to try anything and event photography essentially is what it was um really throws you into every kind of situation with every kind of person you're ever going to meet um and I didn't know maybe I wanted to be a photojournalist maybe I didn't so I had that experience and um eventually realized I didn't want to be a photojournalist and um you know also this was a community newspaper I don't want to say it was necessarily photojournalism it was a lot of bake sales and church yeah. functions and things like that. Yeah. But there's also some really cool stuff. I live down the street from uh, Canadian Tire Centre, which was, uh, is the, where the Ottawa Senators play. So I got to shoot, like, send related stuff, yeah. um, go downtown and shoot some other interesting um, stuff for them. But there was a lot of boring stuff, too. But yeah, because, like... Overall,
0: but- because like before you even got to the newspaper what kind of stuff like were you shooting i know you like initially you say you're kind of shooting flowers and stuff but like how do you how do you, <laughs> how do you how do you even like get that job into the newspaper like what kind of work did you even show them uh,
2: <laughs> yeah that's
1: that's funny like i was just really really lucky that um the woman there sabina who i'm friends with now she uh looked at my like little portfolio of work I probably sent over email and then brought in for a meeting. And it was literally just stuff I shot for like the yearbook uh, committee uh, (laughs) and like random stuff. um, I tried to do put in as much like newspapery stuff as possible. So like people doing things Um, and, you know, most of it was shot with either like the crappy DSLRs at school or um, even that Canon PowerShot, I was talking about. So the work was like okay, and yep. it was honestly good enough for them.
2: Yeah, and yeah. they just
1: needed somebody to send, um, so they don't always have to be sending their reporters, because this was like just before kind of the end of like community newspapers. Like I was really lucky to get in at that point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, yeah, I just showed them like whatever I had of, uh, you know, high school related stuff, um, like sports teams playing and and events happening at the school and stuff they might actually you know have mm-hmm. me go out to so I guess they thought that was good enough and said uh oh, well we can try it on a freelance basis if she sucks yeah. probably we just won't hire her right so but it actually turned into consistent work weekly for nearly four years oh wow, um, wow. yeah it was it was incredible like nobody else I knew was able to get a job like that um just because like it really was the beginning of the end of yeah, um especially community mm-hmm. there, so mm-hmm. um in yeah in
0: the program like you're going to school at the same time was the program you're kind of studying photography were they kind of teaching you to be a photojournalist or what kind of work were you kind of doing within that photography program
1: Um, Actually, so not at all. It's a commercial photography program. So I was kind of getting the best of both worlds by doing the newspaper stuff on my own, figuring that out, and then doing the commercial stuff at school. Um, So it is, you're trained to go work as a commercial photographer when you leave, whether that be like um, shooting products or shooting portraits or shooting um, architecture or even weddings and families and stuff. They really teach you enough that you can go out and do any of those things
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and they want you to go out and be successful. It's less of an art based program. There's another school here in Ottawa called SPAO, S P A O, which stands for the school of photographic arts, Ottawa, mm. another amazing school. And it's just very art based and it's very small and, and niche, but um, it's actually very well known. I do some talks there sometimes mm. and it's just sort of the opposite side of the coin. So um, I wish there was, like, an in-between, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very, you know, they do a lot of film and art-based and uh, Algonquin, it was commercial and fully digital, but the professors are, like, insanely know what they're talking about, about everything, mm-hmm. and you really got to learn um, everything you kind of needed to know before, as much as you could, before going out and, you know, assisting or um, just getting right into it.
0: Yeah, and, and, like, looking at your work now, it's a lot of, like, portrait-based stuff. Um, when did that kind of come in the mix for you? Because I know you kind of mentioned you kind of realized you didn't want to be a photojournalist. Mm-hmm. When did you kind of realize you wanted to kind of focus on the portraits, I guess?
1: Um, I'd say it was probably in between first and second year of school. Um, I, a friend of mine that I went to school with that I'm still close friends with, Thomas Dagg, um, he works in Toronto now. He's a fantastic portrait photographer. He does this great cinematic type of work, um, and he and I really kind of saw eye to eye on on what we were drawn to, like of other photographers' work, and this was a time where, you know, Chase Jarvis was really big, and yeah. um, David Hobby Strobus, all those blogs were, like,
2: mm-hmm. hitting
1: their peak, so in that summer, we were just constantly sending stuff back and forth of, like, articles and videos and, like, try this, try that, I tried this today, and... Like, just that back and forth with somebody that, like, kind of got it um, was huge because, like, we both sort of realized, like, we were sort of into the same type of work. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, So having someone to, like, send me cool stuff, and I sent him cool stuff, um, and pushing each other to, like, try new things with lighting and stuff. Like, I I was scared of strobes
0: oh wow that's funny like, to th- that's funny well, to think now because yeah. you look at your website you got the behind the scenes it's like you got these huge sets like everything
1: <laughs> yeah I like and I fully avoided it in the first year because I was like I would do in a photojournalism stuff I'm like all this figured figure it out and then I realized like oh I definitely need a flash for some stuff and then I started doing corporate work at school I'm like oh to make what Like, Dan Winters is making, like, I need to use a couple strokes, so I better learn this. Um, So, like, it was a slow process, whereas Thomas, like, got right into it right away. Um, He was kind of fearless. It took me a second, but, um, yeah, it was probably in between that summer, I started realizing, okay, I don't want to shoot weddings. I don't want to be a photojournalist. I don't really like product photography. (laughs) I don't like interior or architecture (laughs) photography. Like, I was crossing out, like, all these things. I'm like, okay, well... I I still like portraits, so let's go with that, and to this day I still absolutely
0: love it, so that one worked out. Yeah, it's a a process of elimination, figuring out what you like, what you're good at, and it it takes a while, and I think it keeps continually evolving, Um, but I guess once you kind of get out of school, I know you're kind of still working, I think, with the newspaper, you said, Um, what was kind of your next step into, I guess, because looking at your work now, it's a lot of editorial, commercial, Did Mm -hmm. did you end up getting to assisting, or what, how was you? What was kind of your next transition? I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, actually. So, um, funny story. When Thomas moved from Ottawa to Toronto that summer when we graduated, um, he had assisted a photographer here um, named Tony Seuss mm. who, if you don't know him, you should look him up. He does amazing commercial and personal work. He's very well known, kind of all over, for his personal work of um, portraits of drug, drug addicts, actually, mm. and. Uh, he did some really interesting stuff but was a very successful commercial and editorial portrait photographer who both Thomas and I really loved his style so he assisted him Thomas moved to Toronto and said if you're looking to hire someone new like try Jess without even like asking me or anything he was just like you should do this and like I was kind of nervous to like start the whole assisting thing and I didn't know like what I was going to do exactly so that just sort of You know, if somebody asks, I'm going to say yes. So Mm. I ended up assisting him pretty consistently for probably about a year Mm. um, and learned just so much
0: um, about... What kind of stuff were you guys working on?
1: Mostly editorial and, like, corporate-type portrait work, um, which is pretty much exactly what I'm doing now. And, you know, he he's not like a, someone to do like crazy lighting or anything, but he, he like, he's pro photo stuff. He like is a one or two light setup guy. And I learned like, Oh wow. Like that's kind of all I need to do. Like work at this level in this market. Um, and it can look amazing. Like Mm -hmm. you you don't have to overthink it. And I was overthinking it, um, about strobes and all that kind of stuff and what kind of, cameras and lenses and whatever i needed and and he had a, a great kit but a fairly simple kit and mm-hmm. he used more when he needed to and i learned a lot about that but um it was just a really good experience and and not just for the technical but everybody says the most you learn is like the interpersonal type of stuff
2: Yeah, and
1: um watching him with clients and like he like we're very opposite personalities like he, he's kind of a button pusher like he like he likes to you know say certain stuff that I probably wouldn't say during a shoot which yeah. I've actually tried before and didn't work for me at all um <laughs> you know at the beginning when you're just repeating things you've heard said, and it's like oh, I can't get away with that yeah. but um it was really awesome and like I didn't assist him on any of that personal work I was talking about but um he did a long-term project um with after his user series of um, drug addicts in one particular neighborhood of Ottawa. He, he collaborated with one particular addict named Stephanie, and they became friends and, and they basically hung out, sometimes took pictures, sometimes didn't,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and did this amazing personal project. And, um, I didn't, it, it, that was meant to be just him and her kind of thing. And it was, and so I didn't assist him on that, but every shoot we had, like we did a few a week basically. And every time I saw him, he would tell me like the latest Stephanie story or whatever, like of what happened that week and what they did. So really cool hearing the personal side of it too. Um, even though I wasn't there to, to physically assist him on that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It kind of gives you a perspective on how other photographers work and i guess manage your business and then also how important like i guess the personal work is because even looking at your website it seems like you always kind of got some personal projects you're working on
1: i'm trying i'm trying it's 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 hard when you know like you have the client work and it's like oh yeah i want to do this personal shot and then Mm -hmm. you know the client work comes up but i i have like my girls rock camp series that um i started a few years ago that's um become an ongoing um personal project with them and like that's something where it, the camp happens on a certain day <laughs> like yeah. you know either i'm shooting it or i'm not like a, if not nece- like if i'm committing to it then it's happening that day you know what i mean it's not like another yeah. type of personal project where you can do it whenever you want
0: yeah i was going um, cuz with that project i was going to ask you about it. it it's called girls rock ottawa so basically, what it is—if you could explain—it's like a—it's like a camp for girls that want to, I guess, like music kind, pretty much. Or
1: yeah, so it's an entirely uh, volunteer-run um, camp that's been going on for over ten years now. I only got involved with it, I think, in 2016, and um, they do more than just—it's a weekend camp every um, November first weekend of November every year. Mm but they do lots of stuff during the year as well. Um, I'm not, I'm not uh, directly involved with it. Um, like songwriting workshops and jam sessions and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but the camp itself is uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every November. And, um, yeah, exactly. It, it's, um, girls and, you know, non-binary and, um, and gender fluid and all that mm-hmm. people can come together, uh, between the ages of, I think thirteen and seventeen, um, so high school to you know some of them don't know how to play an instrument at all. Some of them kind of do. Some of them are kind of pros. Yeah. Um, and they come together and they form bands, and it's like this great community of um, of this camp. And you know the instructors are amazing, and um, they're just so encouraging. And like just being there is like an amazing an amazing experience. And when I saw their stuff online, I knew somebody involved um, that I realized, and I reached out to them and said, I have this, like, vision of, like, doing these black and white portraits of the campers. Like, I noticed you don't have a whole lot of photography. Like, you'd be free to use the pictures. Like, I just want to do this for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you be cool with that? And, like, I could take documentary stuff, documentary style photography as well, um, because I wanted to kind of get back into that way of shooting from, like, my newspaper days, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, yes, please. Like, we could could use photography. And like, if you want to do it, that's great. (laughs) Um, So they just leave me to my own devices, and I, I, you know, I have complete creative control and everything, but um, I set up a little portrait studio at the camp on one of the days and Mm. try and bang them all out. And then on the other day, I do... Um, like the documentary style stuff. So it's been a really um, fulfilling experience, like just yeah. personally and and for my body's work and trying to push myself every year to do something yeah. new with it. So, because I've done the 2016, 2017, I'm about to release 2018 on, um, I, I release it every year, uh, International Women's Day just to make myself basically have a due date. <laughs>
2: That's cool. Put the, um, put honestly, the pressure on. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: um, otherwise it wouldn't get done. So, and it's just a fitting kind of day to release it. So I've made that consistent, and um, and I also they did a women's camp one year, so I shot that as well. And each time I try and do, I've been sticking to black and white just for yeah. um, consistency, but also like pushing myself to do something different within the confines of black and white -hmm. and um so yeah yeah it came out it came out
0: cool because i like how you have it on your website you kind of break it down by year um but you kind of yeah like you said it's black and white but you kind of switch it up like the 2017 ones you did some like cool motion stuff the portraits Mm -hmm. and then the ones from 16 were like a different approach is that how you try to do it kind of find a new way to kind of do the formal portraits each year kind of
1: exactly um and it, it's really hard trying to like think of a new way to because it's always about about 20 yeah. um participants that i'm photographing mm-hmm. so you know to, to try and do that and and the timeline for it is insane like I only really have a few minutes with them when you think about it, because they have other stuff going on during the camp. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. just me like, and I can only shoot when they're doing their, their jamming, like when they're doing a workshop, like they all have to be there at the same time. So like there's only specific times throughout the day that I can do it. And if I want to do the documentary stuff, that's a whole day. So that's the other day. (laughs) And then the Friday is just like a nighttime thing somewhere else. So I don't participate in that, but, um, yeah, trying to think of something every year. Um, is challenging but i love
0: it and um yeah yeah no it's exciting and i guess like um to go back a little bit like you're doing a little bit of photo assisting um how did you kind of make the transition from like assisting to start finding your own clients like how do you kind of first initially kind of get your work out there to magazines or agencies what was Mm kind of the next step for you
1: um so while i was assisting i only had a couple like shooting clients other than the newspaper um one was like a a homes magazine a local homes magazine that's actually a it's a franchise of magazines all over i think canada i don't know if they're in the states and so i started with them shooting portraits because that was kind of my thing um but they didn't pay a whole lot for portrait stuff so i shot um some interiors eventually for them too and absolutely just hated it but mm. i got better money for it
2: yeah.
1: um but i did that while i was and probably for a, i didn't shop for that magazine for a few years actually and that was my first like editorial client yep. um so got my foot in the door with something sort of local like not major pressure but like got to learn the ropes of like dealing with an editorial client and like an art director and whatever mm-hmm. um So shot for them, I I shot for a couple, like, again, I was shooting for this home magazine, so I would get random, like, interior designers wanting pictures and stuff. Started to go down that road, quickly realized I did not want to go down that road. Um, So started shooting more, like, portrait stuff, like, even just for, um, like, my own portfolio, just to have something up there so I could reach out to more clients with a body of work that is actually what i want to shoot
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so and and tony Foos, the guy i was assisting um threw me one or two jobs actually that he can do or like the budget wasn't enough for him or whatever so that was cool um and when i stopped like in the summer i forget what year it was but i did a road trip of, with a friend of mine to nova scotia and we wanted to go around like the perimeter of the province and like just camp at all these different places and it, explore, um, Nova Scotia. So we did that. And I, (laughs) I brought my like Ellen Chrome ranger, like the big heavy one. Um, yeah. And she was like my assistant and like, she's not an assistant. So (laughs) she loved that. Um, but like I photographed portraits. So like people we met, um, like uh, most of them being like the, the camp, um, campsite owners or campsite workers or whatever, um, where we were at, so I got like five or six good portraits, um, just like one softbox, like that's it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't tethering back then. I don't, I don't even know if I, I don't think I had captured one at that time, um, and just like brought my laptop and like edited in our little tent and like yeah. posted them, and I, I got enough out of that that it, it brought my portfolio to a place where I felt comfortable enough. Mm -hmm. stopping assisting because i never felt i was like an amazing assistant i was an okay assistant i didn't have the the reflexes for it like some people do and like i'm just sort of selfish in that way too that like when i'm finished working i want to walk away with something and i want that to be a picture and you don't get that when you're assisting so i really wanted to you know start putting my working time into something i can walk away with for my portfolio Mm -hmm. which meant shooting so um after that trip I just kind of stopped assisting and I had assisted some other people during that year too. And yep. um, I'm just like, no, nope, now's the time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up doing that forever if I don't stop now. So I did. And um, just started reaching out to like direct mailing or emailing random local businesses for like corporate work or whatever, anything I could really get. And then eventually referrals happen and editorial stuff happens and um, down the road, um yeah. uh, pretty much all the major magazines in Canada are owned by one company yeah. it 's all umbrellaed under one company, so you start shooting for them. you do a good job, they like you. you yeah. get referred around the office like it's a huge building in Toronto, <laughs> and they like all know each other yeah, so yeah. Like, yes that's, you know? <laughs> that's one thing
0: i, I was going to ask you like how is the like a uh, canadian photo market like is there like a lot of editorial magazines up there um because i know you shoot for canadian magazines but you also it looks like you market your work down to like um you just did some cool stuff with the washington post um do you find you're mostly marketing yourself to canadian clients or are you trying to reach out to magazines and agencies in the u.s as well or what's your approach um
1: so so far like mostly canada just because it's uh, a little more consistent work-wise that Mm -hmm. I'd be hired for something up here for that. Um, So, you know, there used to be more, you know, print is not doing like super well. So there used to be more print magazines. Some of them have gone just digital. Some of them have closed completely. Um, But yeah, I would market to mostly Canadian um, publications and clients and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the market, you know, Ottawa is not like a small town. It's about a million people. So similar to like San Francisco or Jacksonville, Florida, or Mm -hmm. Austin, Texas, something like that, which are all their own markets as well. Like they're all different, um, but that kind of size. um, So it's a it's like in between like a Montreal and like Toronto and we are physically in between Montreal and Toronto and um, a lot of the clients like can sometimes be based there, but have something for you to shoot in Ottawa or the yeah. general area. Um, I do have some, um, U.S. clients too though like I did do that shoot for um, uh, the Washington Post lately that I was really stoked about
0: yeah it was like and, uh, I, was um, gonna, I was gonna ask you about it it was basically about it I think she like a YouTuber YouTuber yeah named Ellie is it Mil- Millis or Mills uh,
1: so it's uh, her name's Elle Mills okay and uh, yeah she's this like huge youtuber
0: (laughs) how did that come about was like were you actively like marketing your work to the washington post or like how did that assignment kind of come in the mix um i
1: i mean i have sent like promos like to u.s um publications before and i'm sure they were one of them but i actually got that because of my girls rock camp stuff um so the editor the photo editor I guess probably just Googled like Ottawa portrait photographer or something or auto editorial photographer. And like, I come up pretty quickly for, for that search anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think from the sounds of it on a phone, she said, like, we, I really like like your girls rock stuff. Like I'm thinking something with like motion blur, double exposure type of thing like that. Mm. And I think, you know, it being um, a young female YouTuber like it was just a good fit yep. um, and it was like exactly the style they wanted and my portfolio just works for them um, so I, I actually had just probably Google in my portfolio to thank for that but um, and the fact that it happened to be a, a job I was the right fit for but um, yeah it, it we had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> it was, yeah, no, we, I tried all the stuff with gels and like motion blur and like yeah. stuff. I've just been wanting to try that worked so well for her. Cause she's such like an outgoing person.
0: Yeah, no, it came out great. And uh, it seemed like a cool assignment. Um, and it, you know, one thing I was going to ask you about it, uh, you, you kind of were talking about there, like search, uh, the way people search for you, is like SEO something like you pay attention to, uh, trying to like work on that stuff? Because I know, I, at, I was really amazed, like you actually have a really active blog uh, still and you write a lot about <laughs> stuff, because a lot of photographers, they don't really, do, I mean like 10 years ago they did, but um, is, is it like SEO and things, is that something you actively kind of try to pay attention to?
1: Um yeah it is um I like I think probably the blog has helped with that and I I just like putting it somewhere cuz like if a photo editor goes to my site and wants to read up on more of the shoots sometimes it's just easier to look at a blog than it is to look at Instagram if you're on a desktop mm-hmm. um so I I basically use the same information and usually the same pictures. I I switch it up a
2: little bit, um,
1: between my blog and Instagram, but basically put all the same information there. And yeah, I think it does help with SEO. And like, once you kind of get to the first page if people, like, like your stuff and stay on the website, then it stays on the first page. Um, so it, it was kind of like, hopefully a fairly organic thing that happened. Um, for certain types of searches and there's other searches that i'd like to be hired up on but for like auto commercial photographer auto editorial photographer Mm. um, i come up pretty quickly which is great because i think that is how i get a lot of my work
0: no that's smart and even the blog i think it's smart like it's i I was impressed like that you stay on top of it and it kind of gives you like a people can read it and kind of see like what your personality is like because you kind of write about the shoots you can kind of get a sense of people like i'm sure photo editors look at it and um i think it's pretty smart um thank you yeah definitely i just
1: i always love blogs (laughs) i always
0: love the photo blogs like when i was younger so i know
1: they're kind of dying but i keep it up anyway
0: (laughs) hey you're gonna it'll be like a resurgence you know (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs)
1: it'll be like vinyl yeah there you go
0: um you know one thing i always kind of ask people is like um did it take you a while to kind of like build your like style or like photographic aesthetic kind of the way you shoot um because looking at your work it seems like you like usually like a lot of strobes um did it kind of take you a while to kind of build your style the way you kind of shoot I guess Um
1: yeah yes and no like at the beginning like when I was in school like when I was shooting everything like I didn't know if I would just want to be a natural light photographer. So I tried a lot of natural light stuff and Mm. like I did try a lot. It took me a while to like really get the hang of strobes. Yeah, A lot of trial and error and like research and, you know, just everything like between college and like for like years afterwards, just trying and researching stuff. But um, yeah, like when I assisted Tony, like there, he shot in a certain way with like, pretty much always a small softbox. So I, that was my first modifier. Mm-hmm. And I found myself shooting very similarly to how he was shooting for like the first couple of years. I'm like,
2: yeah. And then
1: I realized it and like, I should <laughs> I shouldn't venture out from like yeah. doing the same thing all the time. Um, and tried to like, try different stuff with like bigger modifiers and and harder modifiers for like different Mm -hmm. things and see what works for different types of faces and different types of shoots because if it's like a corporate portrait thing Mm -hmm. they're probably not going to want a really stylized hard light thing except sometimes they do there there are a couple that they're like i want to do something really like cool and edgy and modern awesome
2: yeah and then
1: i get to do something like like, almost editorial style for like a corporate client Mm -hmm. um which is great so it did take a while to, like, figure out what that lighting cell and, and even compositionally and, and all that kind of stuff is going to be. And post style too. Like, yeah. I use a retoucher for cleanup stuff now, but I still do all my own, like, treatment, like, color grading and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, weirdly like precise, <laughs> like I'll go back like for days, like <laughs> if I ever have to turn something around in like 24 hours, I'm like stressed out because I'm going to change my mind. Like when I look <laughs> at it again, the next day, you know what I mean? Like I, I need to like sit with it a few more times to like make little tweaks, Hopefully yeah. that people don't even notice, but I notice.
2: Oh
0: yeah.
1: And, um, so yeah, to answer your question, it did take a while to like get to a certain place that I'm, I'm happy with. Yeah. And, and,
0: and, I, and I, I did the same thing. I worked when I first got out of college, I was an assistant to a guy I kind of did the same thing I, I ended up the shooting the way he did because I assisted him and its mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's not even like a bad thing it's just like a way to like kind of get you going and mm-hmm. and then you kind of evolve because even looking at your work now it seems like you're you're kind of experimenting with like some cool colored gel stuff and it, mm-hmm. it's just kind, of always just kind of a progression for you just kind of trying new things and see what works pretty much
1: yeah definitely um, like I also get fairly bored easily so like I, introducing like color in different ways has been nice and like there's a while that like I hadn't shot like any black and white stuff I'm like that's mm-hmm. weird so I should start maybe doing that and playing with that um so like just sort of pushing myself in di- different directions and seeing what sticks and what like genuinely feels good like I'm not going to do something just because it's trendy I just want to mm-hmm. do it to like see what yeah what feels right to me um and if it you know, I can have stuff that's just like one big modifier that looks like natural light, one shot, and then the next shot be this like crazy color gel thing. And somehow I think they all kind of work together for my style. Yeah. I, at least that's what I'm trying, that's what I'm attempting to do um, mm-hmm. so that I'm not pigeonholed into only one particular way of shooting. There's a lot of shooters that, um, have gone both ways like that and um can do lots of different stuff and i'm just trying to like get it to a place where it all still feels like me yeah and um yeah
0: yeah no it's fun too this experimenting and this trying new things it kind of keeps it exciting for sure and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one shoot I-, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you got you ended up uh, photographing Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I was, I was curious um, how your experience was photographing him, like what was that for, how did it kind of come about?
1: Right, um, that was for Maclean's magazine, which is like uh, probably the most well-known Canadian magazine. Um, they've been around for literally forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I had already been shooting for them. Um, there's not a lot of portrait photographers here that shoot for them, so it's only like a handful of like I think like three or four maybe. Wow. Um so w- when I got that call, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like it was like a couple days before and like I'm not like a Trudeau fangirl or anything, but like I I had it in my head since he got elected that I wanted to shoot him, like, badly, Like, I wanted him in my portfolio. (laughs) And I never, like, said this to anybody. I think it's just general knowledge, like, any portrait photographer, especially based in Ottawa, would want to (laughs) shoot him. So so I got that call. I'm like, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, And it was, like, so much back and forth because there was supposed to be a video happening at the same time, and originally it was supposed to be outside, Um, overlooking Parliament Hill, and that was kind of stressing me out because, like, Mm. you never know about the weather and wind and sun and rain and whatever. And, like, in my head, even before they ever called, like, I'm like, if I ever shoot Prime Minister, I'd love to shoot him, like, in his office, like, with his desk. Like, I had this vision of, like, how I wanted to do it. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, okay, everything's changing. Like, we're doing it in his office now. I'm like,
2: yes. Yes. (laughs) Um
1: so, and this video is happening, too, and they're like, okay, so we need 20 minutes for the video, and the time block they're giving us is 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm not so great at math, but that doesn't seem like there's any time for photos. So oh, they I'm wanted like,
0: 20 that. minutes to do video and photos?
1: Like, they wanted, the the time block the Prime Minister's people were giving us was 20 minutes, okay. and the video people wanted a 20-minute video. Yeah. Yep. So, but they also knew photos had to happen. So I'm like, well, like either you're cutting your video short or like something's going to happen. So I just made sure to say like, I'm shooting first. Like, wow,
0: that's, I was going to say that cause you wrote it on your blog. I thought it was so smart that you like took the initiative and you're like, listen, I need to shoot first, uh, that you did that because you, like you said, like easily the video crew could have just taken over and then like you're left with nothing.
2: Because it's so easy to
1: go over with an interview. Like, yeah. it's so easy, like, if he's in a talkative mood, or if they ask extra questions, or if they forget about me, mm-hmm. and then his people rush him off after, and I don't get to do the picture, like,
2: yeah. that's
1: not happening. Like, I have to deliver for my client. Yeah. So, um, and I'm just not gonna lose that opportunity. So, and they were fine with that, because, like, they knew I could do it quickly, mm-hmm. and the Prime Minister's people, like, over and over again were saying, like, in emails, in that day, like, you have to just, like, Super super
2: quick I'm like, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. so
1: <laughs> and it was all happening in his office uh, at Center Black on Parliament Hill, so the video people were setting up on one side, and I was also like pretty direct about saying, I want the left side with the desk,
2: <laughs> and you guys
1: can have the right side with the, the couches, which is what they probably wanted anyway for yep. an interview. Um, so again, they were fine with it. It was lo- wasn't like a struggle or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had probably forty-five minutes mm-hmm. to set up after you know going through security and all that crazy stuff. Yeah, um, yeah and no, you know I'm sure they did background checks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: too. no, it's smart. You really like it took. Me, I know when I was like younger and first kind of my first assignments, like I probably didn't have the confidence and probably wasn't as, as assertive as I should have okay. been um, on certain on my some first shoots I did um did it kind of take you a while to build that confidence and kind of just being able to like manage those shoots and kind of make sure you get what you want because that is like a skill you know
1: Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um I mean the assisting part did help because I saw how a photographer could direct Mm -hmm. um to get what he wants or she wants and it was like through that experience of like watching over and over and over and over again um can like lead the shoot a certain way. Yep. Um, that it almost was like an instinct when I started shooting. Like I just found myself mm-hmm. doing that. Like
2: yep.
1: posi- even just for posing and like little change ups like that. Uh, people also feel much more comfortable, I find, um, especially if they're not in front of the camera much, to be um, directed a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, it was weird directing the prime minister. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I only had like when, once, so after we finished setting up, um, we had to like leave the room cause he had a meeting mm-hmm. and then we all got to go back in and then do the shoot. Yep. So, and we have to take out like all our like transmission stuff, like pocket lizards and all that kind of stuff. So we have to take out like the computer and all that crap nice. and, and just go out in the hall and sit, and it was, like, the longest 45-hour, to like, wait of my life. Because all I'm thinking is, what if pocket wizards don't
2: work? What if if I can't get What if capture,
1: (laughs) yeah, what if I can't tether? Like, which has happened, like, I always end up getting it, but, like, I have a few minutes. Like, there's no, like, he's not going to want to sit around, you know? And the video guys are waiting, too. So that was just like I I wish we didn't have to have that sit and wait period because it was just like driving me nuts. But once we got back in there, it was go time. And And, like
0: with the shoot, with the shoot like that, where you don't have a lot of time, do you kind of have like a, you already have a plan in mind of like exactly how you want them to pose. Do you have it kind of like written down? Like I want to get posed like this, this and this, or how do you kind of work it with those short shoots?
1: Um, with, so for the desk shot, I actually had a lot of trouble, like steering that composition out. It's in the room, like, especially on that side, cause I only had that side. There's only so many options that looked good. And like, I, I wanted to get certain elements in it. Um, so even just testing on my assistant, like I was having a hard time, like making sure everything was perfect. Yeah. And I knew he was going to, like I can't ask him to be a robot like he's he's going to move a little bit and I'm going to want him to move a little bit for different variety so once we got him in there I said Mr. Minister, can you just kind of kind of sit lean on the desk like this and just look at the camera um and then he kind of did whatever he wanted with his hands I just kind of let him at the beginning just to see and then um and then he did some other stuff and I asked him to look at the window and then he just naturally, I was going to ask him to like change up the hands and he naturally put them together in this like just beautiful way. And yeah. it's like, I took the shot and I'm like, Josh, am I in focus? And he checked. <laughs> He's like, yep. And I knew I had it. Uh, and I knew every picture up until that moment was a little bit off and I wasn't happy.
2: Yep. And
1: i I didn't even look at the screen. I'm just like, just tell me it's in focus. (laughs) And then, and then I changed it to the second setup, which was a similar, um, like I barely had to move the light. I just came in tighter, did a, a a kind of head and shoulders thing, which was like, it was okay too, but the, the first shot was definitely the better one. And, um, but I did want, a couple options while I was there. Yeah. And, um, the, like, I think I looked at the timestamps and it was like four minutes and, you know, there was a little <laughs> chatting there at the beginning. Like yeah. I, I asked them about his like R2D2 star Wars pen and like, you know, stuff like that. But, like once you you get in there, I was listening to another podcast you did, and I forget who it was, and they shot Obama, and they were just thinking about all things they were gonna to talk to him about, and then. Mm-hmm. But once you get in there, and you know you only have a few minutes, it's yeah. like okay, let's
2: just, gone. let's just get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you just
1: gotta respect their time and just. And shoot yeah, and um
2: definitely. it
1: was mostly shooting with like a little talking hand there but mostly just like respecting his time respecting the video guy's time too to uh to get what they need right after me so we yep. finished up and we pulled all our stuff out yeah. and let them do their thing and that was it and i looked up the screen and was like thank god i got that
0: all like that, all that all that pressure and then once you got it everything's in focus it's just a of relief yeah. and uh i don't know sometimes those those short photo shoots can be kind of fun it's like a real challenge this kind of Get in there, get in there, get out quick, and hopefully get something out of it. You know, it's, it's, it, it's,
1: yeah, it is. Like, sometimes I work a lot better under pressure, too. And, mm-hmm. and, um, like, I wasn't even gonna tripod for that because it was kind of a particular composition, but I knew he was gonna move too. So I ended up just hand holding. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, yeah, again, like, I got other stuff that would have worked fine, mm-hmm. but, like, personally, I, I, was like looking for something specific and yeah. um, like being able to get that was yeah. like
0: no, it was it, good. really. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. And like um looking at your work, you obviously you do a lot of editorial, but then you do like commercial, like advertising stuff. Um, when it comes to like the advertising work, do you feel like you have a different approach? Do you feel like you need to create like a body of work that's going to attract advertising clients or do you kind of just shoot what you want, put it out there? Um, What's your kind of approach to that type of work, I guess?
1: Um, I don't think I've done a shoot specifically like for my portfolio that would like attract ad agencies um, or or corporate work or anything like that. Like I, I tend to just, some of, Like, at the beginning, it was, like, pretty much all editorial. Mm -hmm. And, like, some, like, other clients that I just wouldn't put on my website. But the editorial work led to more commercial advertising and corporate work. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then when I do more of that, it it leads to more of that. So, um, I, I haven't, like, specifically thought, like, hmm, like, I should like shoot this so i I get that which is a totally fine thing to do Mm -hmm. um but i mean for instance like and i am gonna start doing that in a certain way because i i'm kind of like a space nerd like i love like space exploration and like uh you know even theoretical physics and science and like the stem stuff in general and like i would die to shoot astronauts and like (laughs) Um, honestly, I want, to, I want to shoot for, like, Wired and Popular Science and yeah. Popular Mechanics. And, like, if I could do a shoot for, like, Canadian Space Agency or or NASA, like, I'd love to be, like, my dream is to be in the mission control room
2: yeah.
1: shooting when we go to Mars. Like, yeah. that's, like, that needs to happen. So <laughs> I'm trying to actively, like, try and get more stuff along those lines in my portfolio yeah. so that I can get those jobs. And there's not a lot of that here, but I mean, I've shot, um, the chief science advisor for Canada. So that was great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I shot, um, a nav Canada, um, girls camp actually, um, about aviation. Nav Canada is like the overseeing body of like, um, air traffic controllers in Canada. And, um, so they did this amazing aviation camp last year and they had me on to shoot, um, like all all like kind of natural light uh following them around throughout the day type stuff in planes and mission control or um uh air traffic control tower and all this like really rad stuff and and they did all this technology-based type stuff as well and like that was a fantastic shoot and i just put that on my website recently and i'm hoping like Having a couple of these things will help me get more work in the STEM yeah, sl- slash space.
2: You
0: build it. exploration it's like type. Brick by brick by brick, you know? You, yeah, you exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um what is what is uh, it I found about out for sure. What is it about like the space ex- exploration stuff that kinda interests you most, you think?
1: Uh, I don't know. I just have always like been really into it, like since I was a kid. Like I was kind of a tomboy and like my dad and I would like watch like tons of probably not age-appropriate movies when I was really young. Um, And, like, you know, I I loved movies like, um, I think it was, like, Apollo 13 and, like, Contact and, like, all this other stuff. And, like, just genuinely really into space exploration Mm -hmm. when I was, like, you know, less than 10 years old. And, um, it you know, kind of went away as a teenager when, like, I was too cool for that and then kind of got back into it in my 20s and realize, like, okay, this is actually something that's not going away. Like, I'm really into it. I'm really into, like, the theori- theoretical physics mm-hmm. aspect of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, shooting, like, scientists and, and, you know, physicists and and even just, like, I'm a portrait photographer, but I'd shoot even just locations, like, yeah. interesting
0: this, the te- um, the like, technology. stern or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would be amazing. And, like, yeah, if I, I mean, if I was
0: like a photographer in space that's like a dream but <laughs> I saw I, I actually saw there. I saw a, my friend actually sent me a picture recently of like it was I don't know which spacecraft it might have been I forget what spacecraft it was but they're in space and the cameras they brought they brought like all like the top Nikon cameras with like the yeah hu- with the hugest tele telephotos I was like wow I didn't realize they bring that much gear with them up there it's pretty amazing
1: yeah yeah <laughs> man like that a photographer I know so my my like current like, the next person I really want to shoot is Chris Hadfield, who's, like, mm-hmm. Canada's, like, favorite space person, <laughs> basically. Um, and he, like, was on International Space Station. And um, a photographer I kind of know posted on Instagram, like, a picture with him because she was shooting an event he was at and he, he was like, Hey, I, I use the same camera. I'm like, I'm on international space station. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm like that's too cool. Like, <laughs> I just love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it's, it, it's interesting for sure. And do you feel like pitching ideas to like, I, I know like some of the personal projects, it's like pitching ideas to different people. Is that something you do a lot of this to try to build new work for yourself?
1: I actually, I did just do that for, um, it's kind of a long story, but um, I I pitched a a portrait idea to someone that knows um, one of the uh, Nobel Prize winners in physics, Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping I get to photograph this particular person. Uh, I have like some really cool creative ideas um, based on their work that I could implement into a portrait
2: that I think
1: would be really cool. So... um, it would be awesome if I got to do that. That's that literally is just um, not a pitch to a magazine or anything. Just I happen to have a connection to to this person, and um, and they were gonna pass that on to their assistant. So you know hopefully that could happen and who knows maybe like a magazine would pick up that photo i would do the photo for free like i literally just want to do it for my
2: yeah your portfolio
1: i would shoot like any astronaut portrait for free like (laughs) there are certain things i literally just really want to do and and sometimes you you just got to do what you got to do to get that in portfolio and then it's a snowball effect
0: yeah definitely i think it's smart like i try to do it as much as i can just primarily not even so much just obviously i want to get jobs is this like I just want to continue building and getting better as a photographer. And kind of the fun thing about photography is just taking pictures, you know?
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: And um, what was going to say here? Uh, i got a couple more questions for you. I'll let you go. Uh, no worries. I, yeah, one thing I saw on your website is pretty cool. Uh, you kind of have like a whole page of like behind the scenes stuff. Um, when did you kind of start doing that? What kind of made you want to start like taking pictures and showing people kind of the behind the scenes aspect of it, I guess?
1: yeah um I've always loved behind the scenes like of other photographers, and I actually really love like historical behind the scenes of like Karsh. like the background on my um laptop is like Kirsch with Einstein, like it, like and like I have Avedon books and see his behind the scenes stuff. and like i just I just love that you know someone takes the time to take those types of pictures, and I think it's just really cool down the road to look back that kind of stuff um, just from like a personal perspective, but also um, like on Instagram, like y- you interviewed also Art Stryber and right. he talked about how he does his behind the scenes stuff and posts about it. Cause he has nothing to hide yeah. and like people like seeing it and like he enjoys talking about it. And it's the same kind of thing. Like, I just, I just enjoy it. And so um, it, you know, at the beginning, like, I would just take some stuff on my phone and whatever, and then I started having my assistants. You know, or would you mind taking some pictures? Yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes, like once I'm in focus and I'm just shooting, like and the light's good. You know, yeah. do you want to take my <laughs> my backup camera and take a few photos? Go for it. Yeah. So, and that you know becomes um, you know valuable too for clients. Like um, I've heard lots of times from other photographers, very successful, and even on other podcasts have talked about this how um potential clients see their behind the scenes and see their process and see the production value they're bringing yep and it makes them just feel a little bit more at ease about maybe hiring this person because they feel like they've already been on set with them yeah. in a way yeah um so there's a lot of reasons i do no, it smart and i think um, it's,
0: a, it's like another way that's to kind of market yourself like you said it gives another and any perspective you can give to a client i think uh goes a long way you know
1: yeah, definitely. For sure. Like, in, and, and I'm happy to do that. And, and people seem to appreciate seeing it. And even if I wasn't sharing it, I think I'd still do it for myself just because I enjoy looking back at yeah.
0: that kind of stuff from an <laughs>
1: alternate perspective. And, yeah.
0: um, yeah, not smart. And, like, you know, being that photography is such, like, a competitive industry, uh, there's, like, so many people trying to get into it. Um, What do you think the key is to kind of, like, maintaining a career in this business? What kind of keeps you going? Um, What what do you think the key is to kind of standing out above the crowd, I guess?
1: Oh, geez. Um, (laughs) I mean, for me, like, just
0: stubbornness
1: to, like, (laughs) make this work. Um, I I couldn't really... I didn't really have a backup plan like at all. Um, I have no idea what I'd be doing if this didn't work out. So it was just like this thing in the back of my mind, like it's like, I mean, I I logically know like you have to like put a ton of, work in to make it work but there's there's the, the angel on my shoulder saying like don't worry about it like it's going to be fine like you're going to put the work in and as long as your stuff's good like you'll get hired like <laughs> yeah. and like as long as you're nice and like don't push people off too much like there you,
2: go.
1: you know you're just easy to work with so I mean there's the whole business side for sure and I think um, you know I have a, a, a decent left to right side of the brain kind of yeah. ratio um, I put a lot of time into like, you know, the marketing and the, and the business side and even just, you know, taking care of my taxes and oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff too. And, and keeping the business stuff in line, which takes up so much time, so much time.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but it is, you need to be able to do that. So, um, you know, just constantly shooting and, and putting work out um, that you're proud of and not showing absolutely everything you shoot, but um, you know, it, the, what you shoot and what you show is what you're going to get. So that's, Yep. what i've always tried to do and i'm lucky enough now to be getting the kind of jobs i w- want to get because that's what i've been showing yep. um
0: T- so, takes a long, yeah, it takes a and, long time it takes a long time right
1: yeah yeah it, it does and like you just you can't have like a uh, expectation that you you know maybe graduate from a, a place and then you assist and then immediately you're going to start shooting. shooting and being successful like you have to have like uh you have to be okay with um, it being slow for like a while at the beginning um, yeah. and if it, if for some reason it's not and it's great right off the bat even better but and, just some, knowing and, like, and
0: sometimes it'll be slow in the middle <laughs> yeah. yeah oh for sure
2: like definitely
1: like <laughs> there's always going to be slow moments um, uh, but yeah if you just keep rolling that snowball like eventually it's going to amount to something so yeah, just definitely. having patience and persistence I think is a big deal
0: I like it I like the attitude <laughs> um <laughs> and I guess it's my final question um you've been doing this for a while um I guess you kind of mentioned it a little bit but like any goals for your work moving forward either this year or kind of in the future anything you're hoping to work on I guess
1: Um, yeah, so definitely, um, the, the space science stuff I want to, um, implement into my work a lot more and I'm going to start actively trying to do that. Um, like I said, I'd love to shoot for magazines and publications and companies to do with that kind of stuff like Wired and Popular Science or or NASA or something like that. So doing stuff to position myself in a place where I might be able to do that would be great. Um, right now I'm, I'm editing my... Girls Rock Camp stuff, which I'll be releasing soon. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just trying to keep at it and grow the portfolio as we all do always and yep. uh, see where it takes me.
0: Well, Jessica, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. Um, and for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work?
1: Uh, well, my Instagram is at Jessica Deeks and Deeks is spelled D E E K S. And uh, my website is JessicaDeeks.com.
0: Perfect on link it and people can go check it out And thanks so much So there you have it That was the Jessica Deeks interview I want to thank Jessica so much for taking the time To come on the podcast It was a real pleasure uh, talking to her about her work And all the different projects she's been working on Um, Definitely enjoyed it Uh, So definitely go check out Jessica's website At jessicadeeks.com As well as her Instagram At jessicadeeks I'll put the link in the uh, description and everything So definitely go check out her work and as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as my website, alexganyphoto.com and on my Instagram, at photo. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.